Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey, Wolfman Jack. I can't believe I still have a voice after that E3. I did so much talking. You know my, what? Voice my voice is kind of hurting. Started to go around Tuesday. Yes. And I just I went with the tea and the lemon and oh. the honey and and the knitting. Did Jack you do some Daniels. knitting and some Jack Daniels and opera? And all of a sudden, my voice was magically healed again. It's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So if your voice starts to go at one of these conventions, that's what you're supposed to do. Now we are both back. Yes. And intact. And and I got to tell you, what's sort of miraculous is that neither one of us is, is sick. I no. came back last year, I was sick for 10 days after E3, and what happens is on the fourth day, once your immune system is completely worn down, <laughs> that's when all the germs in the But you're shaking a lot of hands. I did a lot of interviews there, and at one point, a guy was talking to me, and he spit in my direction, and it went right in my mouth. That's, that's how happens. people get sick. That's what that's happens. That's what I do for you people on uh, EP Daily and Reviews on the Run. And when we start uh, shooting the show in 3D, uh, you'll be able to see 3D spit fly out of people's mouths that it's we're interviewing. Uh, and they'll come right, come right at the screen ya. and land right into our mouths as we ask questions. All right, well, let's comb over the week. You know, we got three, uh, not three, we only have two episodes of reviews on the Yes, run we do. Devoted yep. to E3 2013. You're going to be able to see those episodes next week because mm -hmm. the editors have to work their magic and well, take yeah, out all the swears. they got to make it look pretty. they got to take the swears pretty. out, for sure. So, uh, But let, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about some of the things that maybe we didn't cover in those episodes of Reviews on the Run. We got to see all of our old friends, Steve Tilly. Yeah. Got to see, uh, what's, ben the big, Silverman. what's that big one's name, the one that eats? Uh, Man Mountain. Man Mountain, he was there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is, it Dr. Like, Fubar. <laughs> it is like a wrestling team when we get together. <laughs> Here comes Man Mountain. And and we saw Miri, who we... I didn't see Miri at all. Yeah, I saw Miri. Um, it was great to see her. And we I think saw, she was avoiding me. And we saw Marissa, who was doing some stuff with... She uh, owes me money. Marissa. That's, no, Miri. Miri That's why oh. she's avoiding me. So I yeah, think she, I saw savvy. her from afar. Very sad. She owes me 20 bucks. Miri, it's okay. Just forget the 20 bucks. Friends still. Very savvy. And we... Uh, uh, of course, saw the the uh, the shooters Joel and Jason who work in L.A. and San Francisco. So it was a bit of a reunion. It wasn't the whole team, but it we was, saw all kinds of shooters. It was pretty damn cool. Real shooters. Oh yes, we also saw a lot of first-person shooters, yeah. a lot of sci-fi shooters. Yes, lots uh, they, of they tended to blur into each other, and um, they're it all was good. Blurry E3, right? I mean, I guess it always is a little bit blurry in retrospect. Well, uh, it was blurry, but it was um, it was a bunch of things. You know, there's a lot to get hyped for, and there's a lot to be uh, disappointed by, and there's a lot to still be anticipating, and there's a lot to question. Uh, it, it, there, my emotions were all over the damn place. You're an emotional man. I'm very You're emotional. Woman, in yeah. Fact. You're so emotional. <laughs> Listen, I want you to, to share with everyone uh, an E3 memory from this week that maybe you haven't had a chance to share on the show yet. Yeah, well, What's your favorite I, memory off the top of your head? Wednesday was my okay, favorite. Let's, okay, everyone, we're going back to Wednesday. This Wednesday is Vic's Wednesday. Wednesday was incredible. Before E3, uh, like a week before the show, I got an awesome uh, opportunity from uh, Microsoft's PR team to oh. go to a panel that uh, Don Matrick, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg were going to be on talking Wait about a the second, future who? of entertainment. Yeah, a few people you may have heard of. And uh, I, they said there was only one slot open. We couldn't take a camera crew. It was just for me. Well, you know why I was open? Because I declined. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that what it was? No, I did not get invited. So to I us. was, of course, I was incredibly flattered. And What's that uh, moist. Turn that off. I, I'm turning it off. So right, of course Jesus. I was incredibly flattered, and I and uh, I said yes, I would love to go, and RSVP'd right away. Did you try to get me in or no? No, I said screw that. Jones right. is out. No, what? 
they said no one else could come. It was okay. for you. I couldn't bring a guest. It was just for I'm, me. I'm all not right? just anybody. No, I know. I'm Scott I know. C. Jones. I, you know it. what? From now on, I promise I will all ask right. to, all if right. I get my pal Scott C. Jones. Thank you. Okay. So but, okay, going. so I'm at this thing. I'm watching these. Where's the thing? Where is it? Just it's at the, the, it's at the, the uh, University of uh, Southern California. They have an inima- interactive cinema building uh, devoted to um, video game development and the merger of media uh, you know, and, and the uh, sort of the ideals of storytelling and, and uh, bringing technology and storytelling and, and uh, health sciences and uh, geographic sciences uh, all together in, under this really austere, beautiful uh, roof of the, this incredible facility that George Lucas paid for, by the way. And uh, Is the building named after him? Well, no, but they have buildings. There's the George Lucas and Marcia Lucas building around the corner. Jesus. Spielberg has put money into having buildings and facilities. I mean, basically what they're doing here, and, and Don Matrick summed it up in the panel, is that they're investing in talent because this is where the talent is going to come from. They're going to run out of... Uh, you know, people to build the uh, the railroads of the uh, the future of entertainment. You know, okay. I mean, so you're in this building. Yes, you're in the George I'm Lucas sitting down. I'm having this auditorium. Epiphanous. Uh, you know, I'm listening to these epiphanous conversation happen before my eyes. And yes, Lucas and Spielberg are a couple of seasoned gentlemen that have been on the earth for a, uh, quite a number of years. I, at I this can't point. even believe they're still they could still qualify as human beings. Well, they are small gods. They are deities for sure. But they are having discussions about video games and yes. and uh, movies and the uh, you know where the lines meet and intersect and where they don't. Um, you know, and Lucas in particular had some pretty uh, contentious statements about. The, the fact that video games will never be, uh, you know, analogous to, oh, to games because or Has to his... movies because there's no plot in video games because you assign the control of the, uh, the you know, the interactive controls he or doesn't with the get player. It. He doesn't well, get it. He still doesn't get it. After decades, he still doesn't get it. Come he on, gets, George. He gets, the, he gets that people have an emotional connection there, but I don't think he has that same emotional connection. But he's always funded the pursuit of uh, communication through this medium, always. Whether or not he believes in their, uh, you know, ultimate value is one thing, but he has a, a, you know, a devout appreciation for the classics of literature, and that's what he has taken as his uh, work to reinterpret into, into his fantasy all the way along, you know? And it was really fascinating, it was really fascinating to hear his side of it, and also for him to talk about the business, and Spielberg to talk about the business, and, and being indie, and, and uh, you know, this YouTube generation that's up, that's, you know, rising, uh, and being able to tell stories their own way, being able to create content and send it out their own way. The, the death of gatekeepers was something that they, uh, not in a literal sense, but the, uh, the, the absence of gatekeepers was, is really something quite profound in this new millennium of storytelling and, and uh, engagement through content. Uh, and they're on the, on the tip with this, you know? And Lucas, at one point, says he doesn't want to be thinking about uh, capitalization and, and, you know, financing and, and uh, uh, you know, selling out his, his movies. And he just wants to make things that are for him. And, you know, obviously he's, he's billions of dollars richer now uh, than he's ever been, so he can do whatever the hell he wants. But Spielberg still has a keen eye, and a re- he is still a gamer. Uh, and so he sees the value in video games. He sees the value of bringing video games to the movies. He sees the value of, of making movies that feel like video games. Well, but he also he, wants to make Lincoln. He's still hungry. And, you know, we got a ride to the airport. 
yesterday. Yeah. This is the day after we returned home from E3. And uh, our old friend Bob Donatucci, can I say his name on the Absolutely. podcast? Bob works at Double Helix. He's the d- art director of Killer Instinct. Hello. Art director of Killer Instinct. So beautiful. He, he's the one who drove us to the airport along yeah. with his uh, lovely, uh, incredibly good-smelling wife, Minna. Yep. And Bob and I sat in the front seat and we were talking, we were speculating on what might have happened. And I know we've had these conversations before. If George hadn't lost his way as an artist after he made those incredible movies which changed all of our lives yeah. if he ha- had been able to sustain a career and evolve as an artist the same way that Spielberg has for decades now he did he, he but he I feel like he denied no, us no, he so did. many incredible movies no, he you know he just lost his passion no, he lost no, his hunger I am he not, lost his way I am not he's a lost man to you bash George Lucas no his, he, his he, beard is growing dude, over his face he, he can't he even is see a anymore fucking artist but he he's went not, in a different direction he made red dogs no listen he, he, he may not be a cinematic artist at the same level of Steven Spielberg he may not have the same interest to direct film and produce film like Steven Spielberg does but that man has invested in Pixar but he has no more stories to tell yes he does but but they're personal and they're small and then we might not like them they're for him but he is absolutely a fucking genius and an artist and a, and a guy that has dumped money into art and education and the preservation of, of uh, fantasy for children and, and dreaming for kids. Imagine if he still had some passion. He, he doesn't want that and he doesn't need Look it. Look at his he, shitty he, Star he Wars fucking, movies. He rode the roller coaster, man. He rode the roller coaster. He went up to the top. He made all of that money. He completely ratified the idea of licensing, uh, you know, work with the toy industry, work with the video game industry, work with, you know, Nonlinear editing created digital effects. I saw those Star Wars movies. Forty-eight fifty is what he owes me. Listen, those things were dog shit. All right, maybe we aren't happy with them as fans of his classic stuff, you know. And maybe there will be some redemption. Maybe not with the 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 new caretakers. I don't want to talk about George. But George is an artist. Steven Spielberg is the true artist. He's Spielberg is an artist in a different direction. You know, he's on a whole other level. Spielberg didn't create all of these businesses. Spielberg didn't create these industries. We we are sitting here right now on this Macintosh recording this thing to this uh, garage band you know software you can link that back to George Lucas and his uh, appreciation for digital technology you can and non- you can he's a fucking I'm not doing genius. it you I know, have I have I, more Steven Spielberg movies in my Blu-ray collection. It's not just about the movies. It's than not just George about Lucas the individual movies. pieces of work. And you think about it, Lucasfilm and and uh, and the uh, the CG artists that he created with uh, Industrial Light and Magic, they're a part of every cinematic vision we've Listen seen. Listen to me. I got another question for you. Did That's you, the man. Did you make eye contact with either one of them? And if so, did you wink? I, well, I smiled a lot. And, no, I, you and, I, and I was very happy, but I was also very, it was, it, it was weird because I was listening to my heroes, both of them. And they were the, they were the touchstones to me having this, uh, this aspiration to be in their playing field, to think of myself as an actor. Or, I wanted to play in the sandbox. Both of them were direct inspirations for me. And then I ended my day by seeing The Man of Steel uh, with Warner Brothers Games. And I spent most of my day alone because you were off shooting and, and I had a few interviews and stuff. But I, was I didn't like, want to see Man of Steel there. I know you didn't, I but, I, but I spent the whole day alone and I was in my thoughts going, Jesus, I started with Lucas and Spielberg and also Matrick, who was a big part of my video game history, uh, you're talking about video games, talking about movies, and I ended it with Man of Steel, and this is the you know modern century interpretation of the other film that was so big 
a part of my life, which was Superman the movie back in 78. Yes. And it was a real, and I was at E3, and it was like this direct line. Those movies got me to E3, and, and those characters and their dreams and their visions. And so it was a profound day for me. It was a really heavy, awesome, emotional, impactful, contemplative, beautiful day. And uh, one of the best days I've ever had at E3 was, you know, the 19th one that I've been to. And that, that's, that's a day, and I have to thank Microsoft and Warner Brothers uh, for allowing me to have those experiences, because I'll never forget them. It was an incredible day. That is a day, every day you wake up and you're like happy and you're like a dog. You're just happy to be in the world. Am yes. I going to go for a walk? Am I going to get a bone? Am I going to see a bird? <laughs> and that day you were like, you were on a, another higher level. <laughs> I got a little glimpse of you, of you at the end of the day and uh, you were literally on some sort of cloud. You well, were walking I'm, on a cloud. I'm grateful for every single minute I get to spend in this un unbelievable life that I have, for sure. Uh but the the one thing that I, I I I kind of was regretful of is that I was by myself for that whole thing. I didn't like I couldn't turn to you or I couldn't turn to any other colleagues you that I worked have with. You wanted me there. All I would have been doing is throwing things at George. Uh, no, you, you would have. It would have been fine. I would have been trying to put spit wads in his Lucas beard. Surprised me because you know, like sometimes you think that he's out of touch or he's in his own space or whatever. But he's really to hear him talk about movie prices and that his daughter cut all of the cable and they're just on Netflix and they spend hours just watching YouTube videos of people. It was really awesome. And Spielberg's the same way. Like he's 100% in tune with the way that we're consuming media right now and and what an audience might want. And they were both ready to just eat it on Lincoln and Red Tails. They, they were going to do whatever it took to make them. And Spielberg at one point said, well, I got a lot more people in the theaters to see Lincoln than you did for Red Tails. So it was a nice jab between two friends. Oof. And that was so amazing to be there. And also my appreciation for Matrick went way, right through the roof because we always see him in these kind of scripted, corporate, uh, you know, messagey type moments. And here he was, the young whippersnapper next to these guys. And he was totally sharp, very funny. Uh, you know, at one point talking about uh, the Halo TV series and, uh, and Spielberg uh, says, okay, well, you're going to come up with a bunch of cool stuff that we're going to do. And then Don sort of deflected and said, no, well, actually, you're going to do a lot of the crazy, awesome imagining about what the show is going to be. I'm going to take this cursory uh, uh, executive producer credit and get lots of free lattes and, and just get to hang out with you guys. And it was just really funny to see that. You know what you should have done is like Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct sat right up front in a short dress flashed them and just give them all of them a little flash you yeah, a little yeah a little glimpse of uh your why can you guys all see there. why i got the only invite <laughs> i just got myself disinvited from every future potential uh, high level gathering but e3, e3 is filled with celebrity and lucas and spielberg are one thing but i think you taught me didn't you i got, I got some celebrity stories what, what i do i do well last night i was getting off the airplane and yeah. i was in a daze i yes. gotta tell you I, I don't know where i was or what i was doing but i had kind of a same thing you know i sat by myself in the exit row because i'm a giant yeah and uh and i saw these two women get on as i as i was boarding and they look almost identical and i'm like those i know those women from was sharon stone and her sister it wasn't sharon stone and oh, okay her sister. no okay no it uh they were getting off afterwards and i said are, are you are you ladies the the soska sisters okay now these are the women who made this new horror film american mary we just happened to be on the same flight they were totally well, nice i was talking about george they, lucas they and live steven here. spielberg a second ago well they're, they're movie makers they live here okay, up in all right. north vancouver okay. two very nice ladies they've been on the 
show. Brianna interviewed them before. So okay. uh, they'll be back, I'm sure. This is just the beginning of their career. And someday they'll David. be sitting on that okay. panel with George and Steven. So look forward to it. And you'll be in attendance. Well, you and did not having... beat George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. No, I was at the Xbox booth yesterday. And I was waiting. I was trying to get an interview for Dead Rising 3. And as I was waiting in a very crowded hallway... I saw this diminutive man in a ball cap walking Everybody's with his son. Everybody's diminutive to you. Not everybody. Everybody. That one guy who works on the NHL series at okay. EA. Except for Sean Ramajan Singh. Yeah, that guy. On NHL. Uh, anyway, I recognize him. It's, it was J.J. Abrams. He's walking by me, and I'm like, do I want to be an asshole? Do I want to disrupt his day? He clearly had just come out of a demo. At, uh, he's got his son at E3, and they're going from booth to booth, and they look like they're having their private moment. And I said... Uh, uh, did, you, did you first say, yep, I'm going to be an asshole? Yes. Yeah, okay, In my good. mind, I didn't say that out loud. Okay. Because <laughs> then the security would have grabbed yeah, Anyway, okay. I said, hey, uh, JJ, it's uh, Scott Jones from, uh, from a TV show called EP Daily. I just yeah. wanted to say I'm a huge fan. And uh, he was so nice. I don't shake hands with anybody on day four yeah. of E3 because of germs and bugs. Yeah. And I got sick last year. Yeah. But I will with J.J. Abrams. He oh, reached out. Awesome. He took my hand. Surprisingly strong handshake. Of course, man. And he grabbed it and he shook it and he looked me in the eye and he said, Hey, Scott, really nice to meet you. He's a deity to be. And then he moved on. Yeah. No, he's, he's a legend in the making, this guy. So, there were other celebrities. Yeah, as long as he doesn't screw up. Uh, yeah, I saw James Marsden, the guy that plays uh, Cyclops. Super nice guy. Isn't he the dad on, uh, on uh, Dexter? I don't Marsden. Know. No, that's I, a different I, guy. I, I always fuck up. The guy that played Cyclops. We really need a fact checker down here. We don't. We need is like a copy of Us magazine. Why? So I saw. It's just hustlers. Conan O'Brien was there. There's no celebrities in Hustler. Conan O'Brien was there. I didn't see him. Yeah, I didn't get to meet him. All right, Jeremy over at Game Trailers got to see him. He was showing me. No, he's a good guy. He was showing me his Google Glass thing, which does turn you into an asshole. By the way, instant asshole. Anybody wearing Google Glass, get out of here. He prepared for everybody to turn around and say, "Who's that asshole?" You know what? As soon as I see people with Google, I'm just going to start punching people in the face. I'm going to be in jail. They're going to deport me because. They're, they all have the they're, punch, they're at eye level, right? That's all they're listed. If you punch them in the balls, they won't even see And then that. take their Google Glass. Yeah, and, and, then, and, then and then right then, afterward, it'll be a shot of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were staying in a hotel, and, and uh, it was pretty far from yeah. the convention center. We thought we were staying in the Bonaventure. This was the hotel where they filmed the scene with Schwarzenegger on the horse in the elevator. That's what producer Rob Koval tells us every year. We were wrong, though. We were across the street at the yeah. L.A. downtown. Now, one thing that I noticed about our hotel was that our hotel was positioned above a closed movie theater. I don't know if you noticed this. I've Did you walk by it a few times? I've, it taken, was a, I've taken breaks from E3 in the past and gone to go and see some movies by myself. Yeah, it was called, it was a Lemley's. It was a, ch- yep. it was a chain of movie theaters. And on the sign out front, on the marquee, it said, thank you, downtown LA, for 25 years. Right. And so one day when I was walking back to the hotel, I went down the steps and I peered into the front window and some lights were still on in there. And there's something a little bit creepy about old amusement parks and, and closed movie theaters. movie theaters. Yes. And I could see some of the posters upside down. There was a poster for a movie called The Invention of Lying, which yep. was still on the wall in there. And you can see this moment where everybody walked away. And I could see the, 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 uh, the buckets where they kept all the letters that they could put on the signs to tell when, what movies were coming next. And, and there were That's literally popcorn sad. buckets upside down on yeah. top of the counter in there. And they, you know, they still had some of the old style lighting. I'm having cinema paradiso flashbacks right And now. down there, there, were, there was also, clearly this was a depository for muggers who had taken people's bags. There were right. all kinds of purses piled oh, up shit. in a corner really? down there. Yeah, so, oh my God. so I'm sure people get mugged and that's where they take the purses and pile them up down there. There's broken glass. I mean, it was a scene down there. Yeah. 
And, uh, so and, what'd you do? Did you make a bed? Well, no, I, I, I had a bed upstairs. I had a perfectly nice hotel room. But I, I started thinking about the medium uh, yeah. of video games and the medium of film. And right. this, this theater had had 25 years that well, it was open. this ties right into what Spielberg and Lucas were talking about, well, that, I, that we're all at home now. But I, I, we are at home. I mean, yeah. so there, there are still some Lemley's uh, branches that are right. still open. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know yeah. if I'm saying that right. They're still yeah. open across uh, Los Angeles. But here was one that had closed, and there was a weird air of, air of sadness about it. But the thing I kept thinking is, you know, the wheel in any medium turns. Yeah. Things change. Things open and close. Old things go away. Old ways of consuming stuff go away. New ways come up. Right. And that's kind of where we are. I thought it was fitting to, to, to have this experience, to notice this during E3, when well, it does feel like we're in a big transition right now. Yeah, we're especially changing. when your consoles aren't backwards compatible. Yeah, right. You know, like, I, I, it really is. And I've read some stuff from, you know, from some interviews and stuff from executives uh, at Xbox, I think, uh, talking about, uh, you know, the power of, of digital backups and how important it is that we're able to access this content if our disks get scratched and all of that stuff. And certainly, I think uh, PC uh, services like Steam or Origin kind of back that up because you don't ever have to think about where your, your disk is anymore, right? You can just right. log into a new system, um, you know, or even any of these digital stores that are out there. But I think what happens when, when you have these consoles and this happens, this has happened along the way too, right? Through other transitions where you just completely deny the ability to use your old content in these new machines. It's like you're saying they're not important anymore and that content isn't important. Well, anymore. I mean, I think it's important to have backwards compatibility and the first generation of the new machines just so, you know, because the library for the PS4 and the Xbox One are gonna be pretty small at first. And I think it's like particularly for the digital games you've already bought, for those not to be backwards compatible. I can understand, you know, disc processing or whatever it might be a pain in the ass. Uh, but, like, but running the data through the, the new architecture off of a disk might be more complicated. But certainly there should be some kind of conversion system in place for digitally delivered video games. So I, I, I really feel that the Xbox One should play the Xbox 360's digital library. You know, I, I, and I, even the Xbox One's digital you know, library. I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I understand people get very upset about this. They take it very personally, and they yeah. feel like they are being uh, cheated somehow. Yeah. But personally, I, I don't care. Like well, I don't. I never go back. I, if I, I, I want to play a PS2 because, game, but, I, go, I get on my play, PS2. Our, our job is very different from most people's lives. All I know is my experience. I, I, I can't. Yes, I, sure. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would constantly need to bounce from the PS1 Dude, to the I, PS2 I, to the PS3 to the PS4. I bought like, Crimson. Why are you doing that? I bought Crimson Skies, which they still have yet to, uh, you know, tell us that we're getting a new get sequel. Out your, get out your Xbox. That's Plug dead. My power supply in that is gone. And I don't want to go and dig around and try to find that. But but anyways, I bought it digitally. It's on my 360. So that's an Xbox One game that exists on my 360. That's good. Well, when I unplugged the HDMI connection to my 360 and plugged that into my Xbox One, and I put my 360 away, now I have to go and dig that thing up it's again. It's not that if big of want. a deal. It isn't. It's not. It isn't. But on the PC, I can go back and play a LucasArts adventure game. I can go and play Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. That's why Anytime the PC I feel is going like, to win, my friend. Well, I, 
I think if the message is we're always on, we're always connected, we've got your digital, uh, your library is safe and secure and will always be there, there should be backwards compatibility. Now, Sony's doing the same thing, but at least they're trying with Gaikai, so that makes me feel like, you know, and hopefully Gaikai takes into consideration all the games that you've already purchased through PSN, so that that stuff, when it is unlocked and streamable, if you've already paid for it, you should be able to stream it without having to pay a damn thing. But hopefully Microsoft is doing the same thing. This yeah. is a little bit boring for me. I know. It are, is. Just, are you finished? Because I have other questions for you. Well, yeah, we're talking about the future of games, but I've, I've been thinking about that the last little while. And you're, you're uh, you know, the death of media. Uh, my movie, my closed yeah, movie theater story. That That's, got me thinking about this. Okay. You know what they call that? A metaphor. It was a great metaphor. Let's talk about what we liked. Okay, well, wait. i, I got to okay. ask you a question. You traveled all over E3. You actually yes. went to Judges Week, the pre-E3 and yes. everything. Yeah. And you saw all these secret things weeks ago, and you wouldn't even tell me about them. Yeah. Or at least that's what I'm telling you guys. Um, no, what, what, what was there a favorite part of the show floor, a booth that really stood oh, out for yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. Which was it? Which one was and, it? And you guys are going to see um, the edited version of our conversation on the wrap up next week uh, for the different machines. And I might as well uh, break it here. But the the PlayStation uh, showing, and I'm not just talking about the PS4 unveil and the, and the press conference. The PlayStation showing was the greatest show of strength from a video game company. So that was your favorite booth? I've ever seen at E3. And, and Microsoft it wasn't, was your least favorite booth? Microsoft was depressing at, at, with its booth. It was difficult to play the games that we were supposed to be getting excited about. They had a lot of room for a car, uh, to sh you know, the new McLaren there. a huge there. connect area. They had lots of lines. They had interesting stuff on and the floor. And it wasn't designed very well. It was very poor. And yeah. the, the Nintendo one, I could have walked in blindfolded and guessed exactly what was going to be on every screen. The PlayStation booth, and the reason why I give it the score, and I'm not going to reveal what the score is now, wait till you watch the show, but the reason why I did give it the, the very high score that I gave it is I walked into that PlayStation booth, and in every direction I saw different price points, different creative ambitions, different consoles. Uh, I saw a message that was clear from Sony saying, we love video games, we love video game developers, and we love gamers. And that's why they won. And that, that, and that booth, even though I've seen better you years... You won. You're the E3 winner. Well, I'm the E3, but I've seen better, better years from PlayStation. I've seen like, like titles that I've wanted to play more than the, the titles You're the baby new year of E3. What's that? You're the baby New Year of E3. I'm <laughs> the baby New no, Year. No, you know, the but, Sony but, booth, was, but, it was dark and shadowy. and had that weird cul-de-sac. Like, once you got in there, you couldn't get out. I didn't, it was a little yeah, claustrophobic. Yeah, and it was crowded, for sure. But, you know, there is no refuting. There is no disputing that the PlayStation 3 had some awesome games set up. The Vita had some awesome games set up. The PS4 had some awesome games no, set up. No, there's no disputing it. In, but at the end of the games, day, I still want an Xbox One no, more so than I want I. a PS4. No, I want to. I, I want a PS4 more because of this, the the powerful story. That's that they why did there. we do a but show. I, my but friend. I'm going to get both of them and be excited on uh, for games from I'm both. Going to have but, everything. But PlayStation, holy shit, they knocked my socks off. Guys, they I'm really getting can. both machines when they come out. What's that? I'm getting both machines. Well, it's, what, it's our job. It's our passion. It's our life. Of course, we are. <laughs> They're just machines, man. They're just machines. They really don't do that much. They won't do much for two years. That's the thing. They're going to have some games that are kind of okay in the beginning, but none of those games for two years are going to be better than The Last of Us. You and I both know this to be true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I think The Last of Us is going to be one of the strongest. So hurrying up and getting those things into our living room, and we're always so in a hurry. We wanted the Wii U, well, you know. And now look at this. Thing. What we're going to get is something pretty, though. We wanted the right? Wii U. Like, now look at this. What, thing. To see Infamous running and to see the detail. I mean, basically, what we're getting now is we're going to have open world games that look with multiple characters that you know, and lots of people being able to jump into that world uh, that look and run with the grace of The Last of Us. You know, with even more clarity and more resolution and a better frame rate. But uh, The Last of Us is kind of... It's, I, w- I want new experiences. I don't want better frame rates. No, I know. Fair enough. But that's a pretty good rates. starting position. Like The Last... Uh, like, like Infamous it doesn't look like it's going to be the most groundbreaking in terms of, you know, shaking up the systems that we've seen in, in the Infamous franchise so far. But the detail and the beauty and it's the got a good character. It. It's got a little bit of a father-son story, it's which I can, yeah. I can relate to. And obviously, to. that's a Sony first-party thing. So they're looking at what's working with The Last of Us. In fact, Troy Baker is playing the star of Infamous. Uh, so I think that, you know... Oh, wait, wait one second. Can we back up yeah. and talk about The Last of Us for a second? We haven't really talked about this on the podcast. Sure. yeah. You know what I want to talk Bruce. about. Yeah. Uh, why, do, why does Ellie look... Like Ellen Page. Yeah, why did they do this to me? She looks exactly like Ellen Page. And then when I look at Beyond Two Souls, I'm like, I expect that the Ellen Page and Beyond Two Souls to look like Ellie. And so I'm watching these this game stuff, and in my, my head is turning over all this stuff well, trying and, to make sense of it. And why beyond, would they do this? I know, it's fucking crazy. And it's beyond, so weird. And Beyond, it, there's a real disconnect for me with this because Ellen Page is supposed to be playing this, like incredible killer mercenary type person she's got war paint on her face yeah and she's five foot one ellen yeah. page like she I, looks I, huge I, in the game well they just they make her a total psycho killer and she can handle any type of situation which is great for the fiction of a game but like couldn't they find a character that they could cast that would look a little more you know a little more real and that, no offense to anybody that's five foot one that's also a badass but I, I don't know. It just feels a little incongruous to me, you know. And even the the voice work from uh, Ashley uh, Johnson, Ashley Johnson, yeah. she sounds like Ellen. Well, Page. she played young, and she Ellen played Page, who? She plays young. Plays young. Yeah, you, you know, and Ellen Page looks young. So you put those oh, things man. together, and you're like, oh, "What the hell's happening?" It's, just, it's this weird kind of conundrum that. But my holy brain... shit, is Troy Baker the real deal? Huh? I mean, he's amazing. Well, I just can't. I mean, you look at him, and he's this young, good-looking guy. I can say I'm comfortable in my in my as a heterosexual man. Sure, go for it. He's yeah. an attractive man. Say whatever you want, yeah. right? Yeah, I like him. I'm not. Okay. You know, I you can want, see him objectively wanna, as. You, you want to no, get to know him? Not that you want, way. You want to hold his hand? I don't. Well, okay. no. Right. But he's young. He's playing this grizzled old guy at the end of the apocalypse. I mean, he's not that old. Probably Joel is probably our age in the game. <laughs> but he's been through some shit. Yeah. You know. So, uh, but he plays it so easily. Like this voice comes out of him, and it's he's totally the, he's credible. Playing the Joker. How is that happening? Well, that's exciting for you. Well, no, like that's not an easy character to kind of ride the well, rhythm. After Mark Hamill, like, where's Mark Hamill? What else has Mark Hamill got to do? Make, bring back Mark, Mark Hamill. Mark wants a break. He's t- he's done the Joker for twenty years. He wants to chill on this, oh, and, and they're making Joker. him sound like Mark Hamill, which is even more amazing. To, to think that it's Booker from Bioshock Infinite, Joel from The Last of Us, then the Joker, and then uh, I forget the the character in Infamous. But that's what a year! Holy shit! And and every one of those characters is a franchise so he could be playing those characters forever 
Like let's he might find be work. Set up. Let's find work for David Hader. We got to find a new character for him. <laughs> totally. Why is Troy Baker taking bread from David Hader's mouth? <laughs> Come on. Oh, that was that is the crassest shit, man. Let's get a website. Put DavidHaderBackToWork.com. I love it. I'm let's buying it, it right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about our favorite games from the show. You got a list. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I have my list ten. And actually, Metal Gear Five had an awesome demo at the Xbox conference. That was a oh great. Oh my way god! To start. I wanted to talk about this. I spent some time beautiful. around the. If you were within fifty yards of the Konami booth, yeah. you have this the song in your head. That song will, is great and too. It, but but yeah. it, but I can't even this morning. I'm brushing my teeth and I hear. Ah! Very emotional. It never stopped. Yeah. And I felt terrible for all the people that have to work there because they can never unhear that song. Well, I, I felt bad for the uh, Ubisoft booth and, uh, and Just Dance. Now it's just there every year, so it's 2014. And and like well no I felt bad for the division who were trying to do a demo in the middle of the Just Dance booth they put headphones on people but all you could hear was the Just Dance shit and, going on around them and I, I was thinking do we really need to have the promo around Just Dance like we get it there's no mystery there it's a fun kinetic thing to have but at the center of your is. booth yeah. yeah totally so it draws when crowds CBS News shows up and they've got they want to shoot something they got they B-roll. Shoot some they got dancers. roll yeah listen can you, can you do the Metal Gear uh, song no I forget how it goes. <laughs> Uh, like a keep, million times in a row. Does not pretty good uh, David Hader I, did, I couldn't tell who was talking to who in that thing. I need David, <laughs> fucking David Hader. Bring back Hader. The game looks amazing, though. Holy shit, it looks the, amazing. Well, I'll tell you what I liked. You know, they. Uh, I like the I like the fast forward yeah, that they were doing that because was it was funny. Yeah. And it made me laugh. And it, and I, I always like when they say in consideration of time and they flash forward to another part of a game. Yeah. But, you know, they kept putting up all of this verbiage on screen yeah. that doesn't mean anything and bar- barely well, means anything to me. That's why they an actor of Kiefer Sutherland's caliber the to words, be able to bring those words to life. Tactical espionage redefined appeared on screen. That means nothing. Yeah. That is complete hooey. <laughs> no one outside of, of the, that convention center could tell you what those fucking words mean. But they kept flashing on the... on the And, and you know, I kind of enjoyed it. Just the, the, the whole tackiness, the over-the-topness oh, of it, on. the it, boldness it of it. I know, and that's not your franchise, but I'm excited for the game. I'm pissed off as hell at Kojima and Konami for dumping David Why Hader would they like do that. this to him? I, I think it's personal. It's that's cruel, the only thing. man. And, and the video that they put up with Avi Arad talking about introducing Kiefer to Hideo was just awkward and weird and he I, like I love Kiefer too and I think that's a great casting choice but not if you're going to be an asshole to David Hayter what I mean there just doesn't seem to be any karmic win in doing something like that but maybe there'll be like a write-in moment I know people want to hear about E3 and what we liked at E3 well I thought that's what you're starting with okay. I thought that was the I thought that was one of your 10 I, games I'm not putting just on, on principle well, I'm listen, excited but it's not in my 10 uh, well you're down to 9 I'm not giving you another game you no, can't just 10. blurt one out no we, we, we talked about the we gotta get going second. people okay, here are my get 10. going I'll do it real quick okay The Division Batman Arkham Origins is 1, 2. Infamous 2, Second Son, that's 3. Destiny, that's the one out of the four sci-fi shooters that I'm picking. Any one of them looks good. Killzone, Titanfall, I think there's another one. But Destiny is the one that I'm most excited about, I think. Uh, Zelda A Link Between Worlds is my number 5. That's Out of all the Nintendo stuff that I saw, the sequel to a 20-year-old Super Nintendo game is the one that I am most excited for because it looks terrific. But then I'm really also excited about Mario Kart 8 out of the rest of the Nintendo stuff, and I think it's going to be a very you know strong, excellent Wii U title. Uh, I love Black Batman Blackgate, which is on the Vita and the 3DS. It's the side-scrolling uh, um, Arkham Origins accompaniment, okay. and it's made by ex-retro people who worked on Metroid. 
and they understand the 2D Metroid, and they're kind of bringing that vibe into Batman. So I can't, I can't wait for that. Batman. Batman. So there's two Batmans in my ten. If anybody's paying attention, Wolfenstein is my shooter. I choose that over Call of Duty. I choose that over uh, Battlefield. Those are going to be great too. Okay. But I want Nazis, and I want to shoot them. Uh, and Lego Marvel Heroes uh, is pu- I'm putting that in there, even though we're Legoed out. I want to play Lego Spider-Man, and I want to play Lego Captain America, and Lego Iron. It looks great. And then uh, Dead Rising 3, which I think may be the most next-gen launch game when the Xbox One and the PS4 All you were doing was complaining about Dead Rising 3. Now you're going to... It has frame rate problems. Who cares? It's fine. You and your frame rates. It's an alpha E3 build, and I I give the Capcom Vancouver guys a a lot of benefit of the doubt. They're an amazing team. It's going to be fine. Jesus Christ. It hiccuped a little bit. Who cares? We had a million glitches at E3. It's beautiful. And and honestly, look, the, uh, uh, the macro and the micro sort of refinement insane it's crazy and then that's what i said to you you're taking my language and then you can drop bombs with your with your uh tablet it's so cool and apparently you can drop bombs with your tablet while you're dropping bombs in the toilet in every game you can drop bombs right into you know yeah yeah (laughs) what are your 10 Five or ten. well okay uh i got yaiba ninja gaiden z what yep okay that's the uh, cell shaded Ninja Gaiden. No, I know. It looked kind of cool. It's 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 all you. Barely got a kind of cool from Victor Lucas. I, I mean, when I see it, I go, well, well uh, that's got Scott Jones written all over it. The yeah. Wonderful 101. Oh, fuck, that looks great. Yeah. Now that's the first of two games from Platinum that will be featured in my my list. Is not ten games long because I right. know people got to go. I had time. To, they had, I had to put two Batman's in there, so I had to make a ten. Mm, Bayonetta two. Yeah, that looks great. Holy shit! My Platinum only problem rules, is man. I don't want to play this game with the Wii stupid pad you can play touch. it with come on they're smart they're going to give you the, uh, the pro shit. controller thing. I don't want a touch screen to do an attack what a year that'll be for those guys right Metal Gear Rising the wonderful 101 and uh, Bayonetta 2 Platinum come on these guys are the kings of the world I love it these guys they are the love best love it I love these guys uh, the order 1886 a little early it's from my friends at Ready at what, Dawn what is that's a trailer no I, it's, I like the milieu of it okay it's I know nothing about a, it's that. It's a trailer. It's like mm. there's a, some shadows that you're I'm ex- Can I be try to be excited okay. about something? You're Jesus. Be excited. Okay. I'm trying to bring some excitement to it's bear. It's very here. rare to see you lift. And look Ready at Dawn has an incredible track I love record. Ready at, Vol- at Dawn. They're now awesome. you suddenly love Ready at Dawn. I do. All I right. do. Get out of here. I'm excited. Mirror's Edge 2? That, that was a like trailer a t- too. That it was concept art. like a title screen. I mean, really? Just because, all right, you love the first one. I get it. You don't have to shoot anybody. Okay, I like that too. I want to shoot. You have a lot of shooters over there. You're a killer. You're a Canadian man who likes to shoot. I, I like to be Batman. All right. Okay. Uh, Dead Rising 3. Did you hear this one? Yeah, I heard about that one. I don't want to hear any more about the frame rate issues going Got forward. Got some frame rate problems, but Jesus I, I can't wait. Mm, your frame rate's not good enough for me. <laughs> I, don't I know want about 1080p that. 60 FPS from every game from now on. You know what What I also noticed was it seemed like there was, uh, there was a nice... Uh, a nice sense of humor on the show floor. I yeah. liked what Quantic did with the Dark Sorcerer. It turned out not to be a game. Right. You know, they had, it's one of these prototype things that they built just for fun. So it was more prototype from the reveal. So it was a little more of the prototype. Sony teased it as if it was something new and big and coming from Quantic Dream. And you know what? I had a conversation with David Cage. It's going to be on EP Daily in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, David's, what they were surprised by was the fact, I'm spoiling our interview a little bit, the fact that the Quantic could do humor. All of their games yeah. have been so serious yes. so far. Well, he is a very serious dude. 
So they wanted to try and do humor, and I pressed him a little bit, and I said, do you think this could eventually turn into a game? And uh, you're going to have to watch EP Daily to get the answer to Ooh, that one. Oh, very nice. Look at you, professional tease master. Thank you, my friend. Uh, so I liked uh, the sense of humor from the Dark Sorcerer. I also liked a game from our friends at Twisted Pix- Pixel, uh, Loco Cycle. You like that? Explain yeah. this to me, because I, I, they had four... Uh, demo station set up. That Listen, were these all, are the guys who mostly empty. I know. Explosion man. I know they're very. They weren't talented. empty when I was there. But just, it, it didn't, you're so negative about the Microsoft booth. I, it was too crowded. Well, I but then it was I empty. I couldn't get around the fucking booth, and I had to wait forever before I got my hands on. And then you saw the local cycle, and, and it was I saw empty. that, and it was empty, and all it was right. like I, that looks like an like an Xbox 360 game at best. Who cares? Listen, this okay, is what, what I like is it? about what's it. What's this game? This Why? is what I like about it. It's okay. not a game that's trying to be a fucking movie. Okay. Like so many games okay. there. It's a game that is can only be a video game. Okay, what is it? I don't know. It's some sort of racing shit. Yeah, and you're Who just knows? being dragged. It looked like that's all it nope. looked like to me. It's fun. You're okay. going to like it. Okay. Uh, and then uh, a, a game that was dis- on display at the Sony press conference on Monday afternoon. Octodad. <laughs> Dadliest catch. Now, I have no idea how much fun this game is, but it had me laughing. I was sitting near Steve Tilly, our friend, and Steve was doubled over laughing. It's like crazy. Tears were coming out of his eyes. Yeah. All you have to do is see this guy in a suit, yeah. you know, just these long arms akimbo all over the place, yeah. walking here and there. I like seeing the sense of humor. We I, need more a... funny games. There are not enough funny games in this industry. I, I mean, honestly, Sony needs to stand up and take a bow for the amount of indie shit that they had on on the floor oh and, they bowed plenty this week well they did but that was cool man i mean like not that i i'm a big they spent 45 minutes on indie games i know and on not, a press conference and, and i don't know if it's a real service to those indie guys to just put their stuff on this this mega platform that you know i don't know how many of the new customers that buy the ps4 are going to be crazy about downloading these indie games maybe because there won't be tons of games to play that's what they'll play but i feel like those indie guys need every chance they get they can get to sell their games and they should be on the Vita and they should be on the PS3. Maybe they will be, uh, but they were like really squared off and sanctioned for the PS4 at the conference. And uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's all. I mean, I guess it's analogous to early Xbox Live Arcade stuff that Microsoft used to put a lot of emphasis on in their booths. But these are even smaller teams than that. Like some of these guys are like four people or smaller. It's crazy. I went through the IndieCade at E3 this year. It's yeah. become, I do a story every year now. It's my story at E3. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got to meet a lot of these guys. And this is where Sony goes now to look for the stuff that's going to be on PSN in the future. They go there and they handpick the best we and they bring, them, they bring them to people. We should call you Indy Jones. I like that. Indy Jones. Yeah, with an IE. So I'm wandering through the IndyCade. Enzo and I are shooting like crazy, doing all kinds of interviews. Who do I see but Suda51? No shit. All by himself, just wow. wandering around. And I'm just like, oh my God, I think that's Suda51. And I got a little excited. Yeah. Now, unlike J.J. Abrams, I didn't introduce myself to him. Oh. I have met him before, but it was a long time ago. And obviously, he doesn't remember me. Facebook right. uh, request that's right. gone on the unreturned. Well, he would only to. have remembered your belly button or so. But then I started doing interviews with some of the uh, some of the IndieCade guys. And I was like, Suda51 just walked through here. Did you guys see him? And a couple of these guys were like, ah, who? Yeah. <laughs> like... Pack up your shit and get no, out. No, I mean, that's, how do you not know? That's what's that's what's true about games now. They've Come just on. been so proliferate and so much a part of people's lives that and people know how to make them. 
that they're just making them. But they don't they, they don't care about the stuff? history and the people that make everything. Suda 51's been a huge part of the narrative I, for the but last it's, few it, years. It is Not like a huge part, this, but a this, part. There's this huge category of developer out there that just has to make games and they're they're vacuum or you know like they just do it maybe their friends do it but they don't know about all of the intricacies of the but business. i think that the best guys out there yeah, if you the, look at somebody yes. like phil fish who's really only made fez yeah and who i follow well, on twitter and who i love brian provinciano jonathan blow yes brian yeah uh you know the list goes on those guys you need to be educated they're integrated you need to sure. read the classics before you can create great literature and it's true of video games you got to know everybody you got to know these people I, I agree but i we exist in a just, reality we, where where people have these amazingly where, where powerful dumb people tools make things. what's yeah. that where dumb people make things yeah it's yeah. i mean it's happening i guess and, so and and i mean the the proliferation of titles to play is ridiculous and, and that can only be true like people just don't play everything they don't know everybody and they just they just get up and create you know so we're healthy we're on the far side of e3 yep. you're not going to get sick i'm not going to get I've sick seen i can't man believe of Steel we already. did it you've seen man oh you want to talk about man of steel go uh, ahead go ahead and give them a couple minutes on man of steel i'm going to see it tomorrow I, i'm just going to say that you you want to see it again i want to see it again so badly and in fact i might wrap this up and go see it again uh and i i had a thoroughly entertaining time i was shocked by some of it I saw stuff I've never seen on film before, and I'm proud as hell of the fact that a big chunk of the movie was made in Vancouver, and there was so much Vancouver talent up there. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Isla Fisher. No, it's Amy Amy Adams. I confuse those two all the time. I know the they're times. very similar, right? Yeah, yeah, she's good. They're just like the uh, the uh, uh, Ellie uh, and Ellen Page. Yeah, and, the, like I'm so confused. And they now. had to call her Ellie as well. They had to call yeah, her Ellie. God damn you, Naughty Dog. <laughs> but what a weekend for geeks, man. So, listen, I don't know if you guys have seen it in the show, but Vic and I gave The Last of Us double tan. Yes. It doesn't happen very often. Listen, even if you don't enjoy what was attempted with Man of Steel, and this goes to you too, Scott Jones, I think it, you, it, if you're a nerd or a geek or a fan of uh, this culture or, or superheroes or whatever, you got to get out there and see it. Just the, I, I think, for, you know, whatever you think of it, you will applaud the risks that were taken with the movie, you know, the creative risks that were taken with the movie. And you also, if you have a PlayStation 3 or you have the means to rent one, get the fucking Last of Us and play that. How is uh, Michael Shannon? Terrific. It's terrifying. That's all I'm going to say. How is Isla Fisher? She was great in uh, other movies that weren't The Man of Steel. Wasn't, wasn't she the one in that book where she tries to cook all the things in Julia Child's cookbook? I, I Maybe. And I think she played... Uh, me and Julia, I was, think it was She called. was in some fairy tale movie, too, I think. But uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think she's in The Man of Steel. Unless yeah. she was uh, we really need Adam's a, stunt double. We need an intern. We need Us Magazine. We Stat. Need, we need we need a we need a intern. We need a couple copies of Us Magazine. We need a robot. Actually, I don't even think Us Magazine covers this shit anymore. Let's get a robot. They just cover the Kardashians. Listen, I just wanna I wanna make it weird at the end. Okay, what do you want to do? Uh, do you have anything else to say about E3? Uh, you want to say goodbye to E3 2013? One of the better ones. And all because you've been to yeah, all twenty nine. One of the better ones, and it was you've been to uh, all thirty six. It was. I have been to thirty nine. Uh, of these it's already no it was one of the better ones it's a good good uh launching pad for um the next five years or ten years of development in this space consoles are not dead um and we've got some amazing games to look forward to it's going to be a lot of fun who's got egg on their face after e3 um i think microsoft has a little bit and i think nintendo has a little bit they sort of gave themselves hot foot hot yeah feet. but you know what one E3 does not determine the long haul. 
you know like this there's still Nintendo's going to make a ton of money on their games and Microsoft here's what's going to happen the PlayStation 4 is going to sell out and the Xbox One is going to sell out. You should go pre-order. And yes, and a lot of those pre-orders are gone. And because the Xbox One is a hundred bucks more, Microsoft's going to make a billion dollars more than Sony will it's on their hardware. hundred bucks. It's not that much money, but they're going to sell ten million cans. Xboxes. At, you know, in this quarter or the the quarter it launches, and they're going to make a billion dollars. And then next year, when the real games start coming out, and the prices can kind of be adjusted, and everybody's got parity with their online offerings and their backwards compatibility, yes. that's when it gets really interesting and exciting. So I had this thought the other day. It's a little bit dark. Okay. So maybe it's not going to get weird at the end, but it's going to get a little dark. No, right? we don't. We don't want to start dark at the end. Yeah. That's yeah. like no, bum listen. people out. Okay, what is well, it? I was on the road this week. I was alone all week. I'd see people during the day, then I'd go back to my hotel room, and I was on a very high floor, and I'd look out, and I'd think, what if I jumped off? What? Uh, and then I started to joke about shit like this. Listen, and then I started thinking, when you're a kid and you're yes. growing up, you think, well, one day I will see the future, and cars will fly. We'll have robot butlers, right. just like on the Jetsons. And, uh, and then I realized, like, I'm probably not going to see a robot butler. You know, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to live long enough to see robot butlers, and I have to make my peace with that. Does, does anybody out there know how to make robot butlers? I need a robot butler. We could we, test you know, we need run a, it down we need in the a basement. Phone. We need a phone so that people can call us. <laughs> we need a hotline? But we're not call live. Call now? But we're not live, so how would that work? Well, oh, yeah. We could, we could mm. tell people to call at a certain time. So we need somebody to help us figure out how to do this live. Okay. And then we need a phone. But you know what and I mean about the robot butlers? Make a robot you're, not gonna, butler. you're not gonna see a robot butler in your lifetime. Cars are not gonna probably fly in our lifetimes. Well, they'll, they'll fly, but a lot of people will die. They won't, they won't go very high in the, <laughs> off the ground. Because it's gonna be really dangerous. I'll never have my own land speed. I I, do you wanna fly in your car? I wanna fly in my car. I, I thought I, I would I see all these things. I don't wanna fly in my car. Why flying not? is scary. I, like, but in it'll a plane, be safe. Flying in a plane is not... Oh, no you're way. in more danger showering in the morning, slipping and falling. Okay. We're safe in still, the sky. Still, flying in a car and yeah. crashing into a building does not sound like a fun way to go. Just like that. I don't know. You, I mean, every time you see flying cars in all these movies, it looks scary as shit. Yeah, like but everybody's Element, okay. Star Everybody Wars. gets to their destination. Like, I don't know how they jump off of their flying cars and then they just land on another flying car. Everybody's fine. Like, unless you're a Jedi. I hope I see flying cars. I'd rather be vitamins. a Jedi before I get a, to be a flying car. You don't want a flying car? If I'm a Jedi. You're not going to be a Jedi. That's not real. But flying cars could be real. Well, can we, make, right. can we make Jedis real? No, we, we can't. Maybe J.J. Abrams can make Jedis real. J.J. can do anything. Or, yeah. you know, you could ask one of your buddies now, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. They are my buddies. Oh, my buddies. Yeah, we hanging are, out with uh, them. Uh, we're going to start hanging out with James Cameron. <laughs> Helicopter races. It's going to be amazing. I have so much fun up at the ranch. Yeah, yep. Listen, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode this was the longest one we've ever made. Well, we had a lot to talk about. I you know, know what? We're going to have a lot to talk. We're seeing three movies this week. It's we're seeing The Lone Ranger, week. World War Z, and some other thing. We're Monsters some, University, I think. We're Rob's approaching 50 episodes of The Basement. We're going to start right. having some pretty cool guests down here. No, I think just like us, though, it's going to be Forever 49. Forever 49. <laughs> 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 we should open up that store. That Forever be, 49? Forever uh, 49 would uh, be amazing. 49 is the new 29. <laughs> That's our other story. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, everybody, Stitcher. Get your hustlers. Why not? We'll catch you next week on Vic's Basement. So long.